The Crossman Conversation brought to you today by Community Legal Services, Maynard Cooper, Frontier Partners, by Crossmark Services, and Roto Speaks. The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. The Crossman Conversation is hosted by John Crossman. John's heart is to see our community of leaders unite around what we have in common. John will be joined by political leaders, religious leaders, as well as activists making a difference in our nation. Here is your host for the Crossman Conversation, John Crossman. Hello, this is John Crossman, and welcome to the Crossman Conversation. Mike Gillen. Hey, my friend. How are you doing, my brother? I'm doing well. Listen, a uh, quick story. Okay. Before we get started. Yes, sir. Story. So, you know, for me, like, you know, my life... Uh, uh, my parents were Democrats and like, and I'm a Republican and that's probably explains some of my way of worldview. Cause I'm a pretty conservative guy. Right. But right. my You're parents, very conservative, very guy. conservative guy, but my parents who I love, you know, Democrat. And, and so, and, and my mom, you know, and she listens to every show, Mike. So be mm-hmm. thoughtful. About I've got to be careful. I know. And I love her and I respect her, respect her worldview. So even though I, I've been pretty conservative, I try to have this like healthy worldview of like how I look at a, a media. Right. Mm-hmm. So for the longest time, my policy was I only watched Fox News and mm-hmm. I only looked at CNN online, right? So I didn't look at CNN, Fox online. I didn't watch CNN. So I had the balance. So I felt like every day I'm going to look at CNN online, read the news, and then I'm going to list Fox. So I'd be kind of fair and balanced, right? And um, But I just really got annoyed with that on my own policy. What happened to me is... I just sort of stopped listening to the news altogether. I don't blame you. I kind of just, I kind of just pulled away. <laughs> it's and not so, a bad plan. No, no. And so I decided recently, like, I need to kind of grow up and, and yeah. right, get reinvested in the news. And so that the the concept I was sort of really reflecting on was like, how to be a good consumer of the news? How do how do I how do I figure this out? How how do who can I go to that I can trust? That's like a media news person who could say, John, this is how you in a healthy mature way, look at news and you're not, you know, bent some way and, and all that kind of stuff. But you couldn't talk to Walter Cronkite. So who's it going to be? I don't know. Yeah, like the most uh, trusted man in America. You yeah, know, like I like, right. I, what, what am I going to do? He's gone. I know. So next best thing, probably better than that. Actually. That's right. I think he is. <laughs> That's who our guest is today. JC Derek, JC. JC. Oh, man. Thanks not, for being not, here, man. That is the epitome of an over the top introduction, <laughs> man. Walter Cronkite and I do not belong in the same sentence. Okay. Well, I, uh, thank you. Thank you for being here, JC. Sure. Thanks for being my friend. And I, I appreciate you uh, helping me kind of maneuver through this topic, right? Because uh, I do want to be a healthy consumer of media, right, and the news, mm-hmm. right, and I, I need to be up to date on all kinds of world important topics, um, but I want to do that in the healthiest real way. And you know, people have strong opinions on this subject. Right? Really, yeah, I had do. noticed they do, they do, <laughs> and I mean, kind of kooky, crazy stuff. And, oh, you're uh, telling me? I got you. I got some stories for you. Yeah, you know, I used to joke, you know, the the long time the that the print edition for Florida State University Athletics that was the Osceola. I used to joke like, this is the only media I read is the Osceola. Like that's yeah. not, you know, we should get our news beyond that. So yeah, because when we, when we don't get news from credible sources, you know, we get, you know, rumors, we get social media stuff, you know, conspiracy theories. I mean, it, it all gets jumbled up. You know, it, it is important that we do have reliable sources of news and information because otherwise you're just sort of left at the whims of whatever's being talked about around you and it may or may well, not be correct yeah and that and, and and just again on a personal note i don't want to be just affirmed to what i already believe mm-hmm. right absolutely I, I i want to in my own heart and mind have hard conversations i i yep. want to be challenged like so if i have a view and it's always been my view on blank issue 
and some new information comes up, new mm-hmm. new insight comes up. I want to be able to listen to that and hear it, right? Mm-hmm. And and doesn't mean I'm going to change my mind, but but I, I just think that's a healthy way to live to try to really understand the facts, right? Yes. And and there's a difference between like opinion and you know factual information, right? Absolutely. Well, there is there's a huge difference, and I think um, that is one of you know my critiques of the media is that uh, it is often not easy to tell the difference. Mm. And so you're watching what you consider to be a new show or reading something you consider to be a news piece. And then all of a sudden there's, there's opinion either slipping in on the margins or just outright in your face, you know, and it, it, it's, it's start, it becomes very difficult sometimes to differentiate between what is a straight news report and what is designed to convince me of something. JC, I, uh, you know, I do a fair amount of interviews, you know, just cause in my regular work life and different things I, I interview with reporters and I always really try to respect them, you know, like I always like uh, they're on deadline. So I always try to get Mm -hmm. back to them quickly and I try to give them like, you know, quippy answers and I don't use industry jargon. So I I always try to, no, I'm serious. We appreciate that. No, no. I mean, I try to really, I I hope if you talk to anybody in media that's interviewed me, I hope they feel that respected and, and kindness and things like that's my one desire to be. One time, I kid you not, I was on air. It was a TV interview and I think they were playing some footage of something and then the reporter was going back and forth with me. And I mean, really early into the interview, I was like, they don't know what I do. Oh, like no. this, I'm not the right person for this. It was about real estate, oh, but I was like, man. they were asking a question and then I was answering as best I could. And I was thinking, jeepers, this is off, like so bad. Yeah. And so, you know, the, uh, the media, they're humans, right? And so, you know, some are great and then, you know, some are new, you know, mm-hmm. some are inexperienced and as best as we all try as humans to not have uh, our own personal agenda impact, all of us have a little bit of that too, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the first keys to being objective is to recognize that we all come to any story, any job, but but particularly stories with our own set of preconceived notions, ideas, life experiences, all of that. And so um, one of the things that I, I stressed our team at, at Main Street is that, you know, you need to yeah, set set aside your own ideas, but also make sure that when you write something that when you're describing someone's position that they would be able to see it and say, yeah, that's, that's my position, you know, whether you agree with it or not, that's not the point, but would they agree with you that yes, that is my position. You know, we, we need to be describing those things accurately. Um, and I think too often in journalism, we see, um, kind of (laughs) straw man arguments or, or coverage where it's like, well, we, we give token, you know, maybe some token coverage to the, the, um, less popular opinion or, or, or belief or opposing view, but we're not really giving them the actual say the way they would say it, you know, to give them the opportunity to, to make their, their case, uh, let their case be heard. I actually uh, recently, uh, read a police report. There was a, a thing that happened and it involved uh, a guy I knew and my friend and I were talking about it. And, uh, and so I just, I was looking at the police report and I was actually, really intrigued how well written it was by the, by law enforcement. And to kind of your point, it's like, it was like just the facts. Mm-hmm. And even when it like implied something, it, it said that it said, uh, they didn't openly say this, but it felt like they were saying like, it was even read in a way you're like, okay, mm-hmm. they're giving the space here as far as, you know, the who, what, when, where, like the, the time of day, like things are factual, but even when it was subjective a little bit, it was disclosing. I thought, wow, that's mm-hmm. a good writing. So, Absolutely. so help me out here. So uh, how, how do I be a good consumer of news? How do I, how do I, how do I, how do I, I need to reboot how do I figure this out? Yeah, 
Great question. Um, there's a lot of different directions we could go with this, but one way I'd kind of like to give structure maybe to the conversation is um, I've, I've given, uh, I give talks about journalism. And one of the things that I've done is um, just written out some warnings, hmm. you know, things that I see commonly happening that I think people should be aware of these dynamics. So, you know, if it sounds good to you, let's just walk through those. Okay, and please we can, hit me. I've got seven of them. Okay. So the first one is beware of anonymous sources. Hmm. Okay. And this is something that I think has become too common in journalism. There is a time and a place for anonymous, anonymous sources. But if you're reading a story that has no on the record sources, it's all anonymous, you know, set a person familiar with the delegate, you know, with the, in, uh, you know, conversations or whatever, you know, y- you need to take that with a grain of salt because people have all sorts of reasons for slipping things to the media. And sometimes I think the media does a poor job of, um, you know, just basically they end up carrying the water for someone's view or someone who has an ax to grind or something that really had no business. Um, at, at Main Street, one of our, our rules of thumb is if we're going to, we rarely ever have any anonymous sources, but if we do, it's got to be because someone's life or career is on the line. Those are kind of the two big buckets of reason. Um, and, and one came up this week. Um, there were, uh, the University of Florida has a huge uh, Jewish student population, and there were um, some of the students who were concerned because the there had been a uh, I mean a it's just a it's a nervous time for everyone with the war uh, it, it, between Hamas and Israel right now, but in particular a former Hamas leader had declared global jihad against all Jews around the world, and so some people were concerned about being identified to tell the story of what's happening with their family or something. Well, obviously that is a legitimate reason to give someone a pseudonym or or you know use an anonymous source to talk about because it's important to talk about the real life stories that are happening but we wouldn't want to put anybody in harm's way that is so great i you know i was i was uh, recently in a in a bit of an argument with a reporter and you know and you know this story <laughs> but it was funny because i was quoting somebody to the reporter and the reporter said back to me well i know this person and they said they said this and i said well who is that and then they wouldn't release it and then even if I mean, I don't think it was any life danger issue, but it, de- it definitely felt internally within me a credibility issue, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And so that's a really good point of like, who is, check your sources, right? And Absolutely. anonymous sources, that's, that's Absolutely. a thing. Because like, wh- sometimes it can be just lazy reporting. And, and it's important to, I mean, again, there are good reasons, but look for also, does the outlet tell you why they're give, granting anonymity? You know, is it just, they weren't comfortable going on the record? You know, I mean, like, that that's not a good reason, you know, um, is there a good reason? And is the outlet telling you what the reason is? What, what is their policy? Why are they doing this? And if they don't really, you want to be careful about that. When Mike and I were kids, there would be an ad for a sugar-free gum and then ad they'd say four out of five dentists recommend sugar-free gum. And there was a comedian was like, who's this dentist that's recommending (laughs) sugar, you know? And I just remember like, again, so like, what is your sources? And of course, if if nine out of ten doctors say something and one doesn't, they're an outlier, and then you're saying that's a source, like that's another example mm-hmm. of that, right? Yeah. So we're gonna take a break in a minute, but do you want to mention another one real quick? Yeah. Number two, um, beware of reading only headlines. I mean, this may seem wow. like logical and oh, of course, but how often do we only read a headline and then end up talking to a friend about, hey, I saw such and such, and it's like, did you really read the story? Or are you just repeating kind of a, a top line? And I'll be honest, sometimes headlines are not representative of the story. Newsflash. Sometimes it's kind of misleading. You really need to read the story. Sometimes journalists will like bury their lead is a term we use in the industry. Sure. You know, it's way in there. So I would just encourage people to be careful about engaging on something that you may think you know about, but you've really only seen the headline. You know, it's so funny to say that, you know, I do a lot of coaching for college kids and, uh, and I actually I'm, I'm lecturing soon at the University of Florida 
talked about my book and talked about networking relationship building. So one of the things I'll tell them to do is like, you know, study who you're trying to reach out to. And then let's just say that you're, you're looking, trying to get in touch with somebody that's a graduate of um, their Cincinnati Bearcat or whatever. And the Bearcats just had a big football game win. We'll put that in the subject line, put that subject line in a link to the article and say, Oh, I saw your team won. Also, by the way, I want to ask you if any positions available. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like, there's a way to use headlines, right. To connect to people and yes. making the assumption they're not going to read to tell that story. Yep. And that's a networking technique. But when we're coming into yeah. like, I'm trying to understand my news, John, John, don't just like put that like I type in there, right? That's what you're saying. That's good stuff. That's yeah, good stuff. Absolutely. Well, and, and again, there's I mean, a team that won, that's that's easy. But I think in the news space, sometimes it's it's not always clear what the story is about. You know, it does take there's some nuance in there. And so sometimes they might pick the the in an ideal world, a, a, a headline is always going to be a good signpost about what the story is about. Right. But in this age of clickbait, sometimes it's, it's really not all that representative about what's what, what's actually in the story. Gotcha. JC, we're going to take a quick break. I want to come back. I want to keep hearing these warnings. These are helpful. So good. we'll keep going through those and helping me better understand how to be a good consumer of news. John Crossman, Crossman Conversation with JC Derrick. Managing a team that has a lack of accountability and effective communication can be frustrating. Bill Roto-Rooter can help you build a cohesive team and a collaborative work environment. As a retired commander of the Navy's premier training system and research development organization, Roto has the experience to help you build trust and a high-performing team as you navigate high-pressure situations. To schedule a complimentary call with Roto, go to rotospeaks.com and complete the form and put the Crossman conversation in the message field. I'd like to thank Maynard, Cooper, and Gale, PC, for being a sponsor of our program. Maynard is a full-service law firm with over 350 attorneys and 14 offices nationally to serve with professional excellence in everything from corporate and business matters to -to day-to-day legal issues. The office in Central Florida focuses its practice in real estate, corporate transactions and organization, banking and finance, along with trust and estates. To learn more, visit MaynardCooper.com. Community Legal Services is a civil legal aid organization providing no-cost legal help to the underserved. They call it Legal Aid for All. Their attorneys assist with legal issues related to family law, housing, domestic violence, veterans' benefits, and much more. Community Legal Services is a community-supported program. To learn more and help support the mission, visit clsmf.org. That's clsmf.org. Community Legal Services. Legal Aid for All. Crossmock Services is a commercial real estate firm offering a wide range of professional services, including advisory, brokerage and leasing, investing, and property management. Our staff comprises the industry's most seasoned professionals who possess the needed knowledge in real estate investments, analysis, and portfolio management to drive growth. See how Crossmark can work for you. That's CrossmarkServices.com. Are you willing to serve communities in crisis around the world to people who are impoverished, oppressed, and persecuted? Frontier Partners International offers mission opportunities in areas least served to meet the needs of the helpless, hapless, and hopeless, and is currently serving earthquake survivors in Syria. Share the love and joy of Christ and give the gift of a hope-filled future to someone in desperate need. Learn more at FrontierPartners.org. That's FrontierPartners.org. Once again, here is John Crossman. And we are back. J.C. Derrick, we're going through a list of items talking about uh, warning signs and things to be thoughtful about when we're, we're reading the news, trying to figure out 
how these things work, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, so you mentioned the first two, and so you talked about uh, uh, anonymous sources. Beware of that. And then you said, don't just read the headline. Yep. Read the whole article, John. Absolutely. So give us give us the other uh, five. Okay. So number three is uh, beware of unanswered questions. And this one, this may be not immediately evident, but but I want to kind of explain what I mean by this is questions in journalism stories can be a useful tool if you're starting with a question, but you should, one of the cardinal rules of journalism is anytime you ask a question, you should immediately answer it. And I think what we see today, a lot of times in some, some in the mainstream news, but especially sort of the alternative news um, out there that can get in, in some slippery slopes, uh, you know, in terms of how solid is this information? You know, are we, are we veering into conspiracy theories is, you know, aligning certain facts in, in a certain way and then asking a question. And it's like, well, you're asking a question, but it's, it's really just purely conjecture. You know, if they don't know the answer, you haven't done the reporting, you shouldn't really raise the question, you know. JC, uh, I, I see sometimes in social media, somebody will, will, they'll say something and then they'll say, connect the dots. Yes. And it's like, <laughs> what are you implying? Like, like you're implying I'm supposed to figure this out and like come to the same crazy conclusion you did. And so the, is that kind of what you're talking about? Like that yeah, kind of abs- like. Absolutely. I mean, I, so, so, um, yeah, I mean, there, there are so many examples of this, but it's in particular, this is really prominent in like some of the, some of the conspiracy theory right. space, but also just there, there was a piece like this done. I don't want to save a story because it was so, it's terrible. The way it was written about a, a company that I used to work for. And there was this piece that was a, a hit job on, on my former boss and it was basically, it w- there was no byline on it, so you don't know who wrote it. And then it was, it named sources that were anonymous, another no-no, we've already talked about this. And then and then it just, it sort of put together some pieces and then asked all the, well, how do we know such and such? Does this mean such and such? Maybe such and such. And it's like, this person has no idea what they're talking about. And I had firsthand knowledge about the specific situation, so I knew they were off base. But it, I, I just saw it really stood out to me, this tactic of just raising questions. But really, it's a way of slandering someone, you know, because they didn't know. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Go to number four. And let me add one other thing, just in terms of the 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 opposite of this is, you know, real journalism is original reporting using, uh, you know, a fact based. I'm sorry, original reporting of fact based stories using on the record sources. So, you know, who wrote it? Right. You know who they talk to, you know the conclusions, and these are real facts that can be verified by other facts, you know. Um, and I think that the, that whole idea of asking questions that aren't answered runs completely opposite to that. Gotcha. Okay, another one. Beware of the former fill in the blank, okay? Hmm. So there are sometimes, in, one of the things that, that I, particularly when I was doing national journalism, you know, it's great when you can get the stakeholder, you know, the actual Speaker of the House, the actual president, whatever. Well, the next best thing though, when you're reporting on something, particularly for some stories about kind of maybe process or something is to go to the, well, who's the former president, the former speaker of the house, you know, it's, it's helpful sometimes to go to someone who's been in that seat and they can explain. And sometimes they're usually much more accessible. Well, the problem is, I think this has gotten way out of hand where you now see these people who are, you know, a former intelligence officer. I mean, what does that mean? You know, what it, it's vague. It, not only is it vague, the, the particularly when I speaking about the intelligence people, you know, the the most interesting stuff they have to tell you, they can't tell you. <laughs> so so they they use this sort of fancy sounding identity as a former whatever to then 
riff on stuff and it's just dressed up opinion made to sound credible when it has nothing to do with their area of expertise, which they probably couldn't tell you about anyway, which in the case of, of intelligence. So I, I see that a That's lot a of times good. like on, you know, cable TV where these people have built this persona and, you know, they're, they're experts, but they're really just launching their opinion about stuff that really has no nothing to do with their area of expertise. Well, and it could be dated, right? Like, Absolutely. Like, like they could be out of that oh, job yeah. for 30 years. Yeah. It's like if you met with somebody who just retired from the U.S. Senate last week versus they were a senator 40 years ago, that's that's very different. Or, or how long were you a senator for 40 years? Or right, 40 right. years ago for two years. You know? Right, right. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I gotcha. Because you filled, yesterday I was at the Capitol uh, up in Tallahassee and, you know, Florida has had a governor who was, who was in office for four days, you know. Mm-hmm. You know, if someone served for eight years, I would be a little more inclined to take their their opinion about what they learned on the job as opposed to someone who was there for four days. That's crazy. Okay, number five. Okay, number five is beware of sharing before verifying. Hmm. Um, again, this this ties back into some of what we talked about earlier about only reading headlines, um, but also, you know, just assuming we know what's there when we when we don't. I always encourage people anytime you can go to original sources. Um, so if you read about a court case, it's public information. Go read about that Supreme Court case. Don't take someone else's word for it. You can actually go read what, what's said there. Um, you can also go and watch. You know, you may read something about something crazy. Some politician said it in a press conference. It's probably online. If you want to get the context, you can actually go go read it. You know, sometimes there's transcripts. So I encourage people, go to the original sources of information. Um, but also just before you share something, particularly on social media, it's so easy to hit that share button, but a, have I read the story and do I understand, you know, have I, have I verified what I'm about to share or am I also just asking questions? In other words, you know, passing rumors, um, do I know what I'm sharing is true? You know, is it helpful? Sometimes it's just, we're just sharing stuff because, oh, this is juicy. Sounds crazy. You know, are, are we actually trying to be a, a better, um, neighbor? You know, or are we well, just sharing well, something because it's it tickles our ears? Well, I think also like, and I think I can be guilty of this. It's like you see something and it affirms something you want to be true. Yes. Right. Oh, absolutely. And that that could be saying something great about something I feel great about, or say something terrible, something I feel terrible about. Like mm-hmm. if I saw an article that led with like uh, uh, broccoli causes cancer, I'm sharing that. I'm mm-hmm. not even going to stop, mm-hmm. you know, JC, because I yep. don't want any more broccoli. Yep. Right. Yep. But to your point, it's like, you got to slow down and just like, wait, just because it might feel good. You need to check it out before you push it. Well, and I've got a great example. So my dear brother who shall remain nameless, um, sent me one time a, uh, what looked like a, a, an app view of a, a Washington post story. And, um, it said new studies show moderate crack cocaine use, not a cause for concern. <laughs> well, <laughs> my brother is not a fan of the media and he's like, look at this Washington post pushing, you know, this crazy, you know, stuff. And I, I was like, Hmm. That's interesting. It was a screenshot that was shared on social media. Important. There was no hyperlink. So I, I went and searched this online, could not find it anywhere. I said, bro, you, you got snowed here. This is not legit. And you look closer in the fine print. It said, uh, it said, uh, uh, story was written by contributing author Hunter Biden. (laughs) So it was, it was, it was a joke, but my brother, because it was something he thought probably was true because he's not a fan of the media, you know, wanted to believe it and shared it. How many times do things like this get shared? And we just think, ah, I'm sure because it, it verifies all our biases, you know, right, right. And, and we don't actually do the time, do, do the work of actually looking into is someone trying to to uh, um, 
uh, lie to me, essentially, you know, and this is clearly some, whoever did this is trying to undermine the media and undermine trust in our institutions. Well, and, or they may just be being silly or just being an idiot, uh, of right? Course, absolutely. But it still has the same impact. Yeah. Well, and another key thing here is there is a difference. I mean, I think the term fake news gets thrown around a lot. A lot of people use that basically to say, you know, it's, it's basically any news I disagree with, you know, there is a, this is fake news. Okay. This is something that legitimately didn't happen. Okay. So I think that's really important for us to recognize is that, you know, something that is maybe slanted in a way to the right or the left that we don't agree with that's slanted news. It's not fake news. Fake news is making stuff up, which is a real problem. Boy, that's, I'm really glad you said that. I, I got a little sideways with a reporter one time because they were talking about the retail apocalypse and, you know, retail area, and I called it fake news and they got really offended, but, but, <laughs> And to be fair, I thought their reporting was off and mm-hmm. I, history has proven me out to be right. Mm-hmm. But where I, I need to apologize for that is that I, I, that terminology I used was offensive and it was inaccurate. So mm-hmm. I, I need to roll mm-hmm. that back. So thank you. Okay, this is the next two. We're going to wrap right. up here. Number six, beware of echo chambers. You talked about this earlier. You know, we, we, we love just listening to things that, that confirm all of our biases. Um, I really encourage people to read, you know, multiple sources of news. Um, I mean, I literally don't think there is one source of news that anybody should go to. I, I don't care who you are or where you are on the spectrum. I think we all need a, a variety of news sources that give us different different perspectives. Um, and, and related to that, number seven, beware of openly ideological outlets. Um, these outlets have an agenda and they exist, tons of them on the right and the left. Um, they have a, an agenda. Um, we should always apply critical analysis to any story that we're, that we're reading about. Um, a lot of these outlets are just concerned about the bottom line. You know, they, they know who their audience is. They're playing to them. They're giving them their feet, you know, just shoveling up what they want to hear. So they'll keep coming back. So the advertisers will keep coming. The, the views will keep coming, whatever it is. So I think that's, that's really important. Um, you know, we, we have to care more about the truth than we do our particular perspective or tribe or whatever. That is, that, that is so on point. You know, it's funny is that sometimes somebody will say to me just talking and they'll say, well, John, blank, blank, blank. And I'm like, oh, I agree with you. And then their next line is, cause you know, that's how they're trying to destroy America. <laughs> and I'm like, well, oh, okay, maybe, but, or maybe they're just being a jerk or maybe they're you know, like, like the, it goes to this sort of too far kind of place. I think when I hear you is if I'm rebooting and relooking at media, if I feel affirmed and comfortable constantly i'm probably doing it wrong mm-hmm. like yeah. there needs to be some level of me going huh you should be challenged i should be challenged and i should be like wow maybe maybe i need to re- rethink my view on this because many many issues in life are complex they are they absolutely are and i think one thing that that i i just a framework for for helping people think about this is typically people think about outlets from on a right left continuum you know it's like oh are they more liberal leaning or more conservative leaning but there's another Another thing we need to be thinking about, and I, you know, if this were visual, I'd show you like an axis, but there's the, kind of the, the north and south uh, uh, axis, which is journalism, which is high, you know, on the, on the top side versus activism on the bottom side. And I think we've got to think about our news consumption in those terms as well, not just what is their political biases, but to what extent are they reporting the facts and letting me decide? And to what extent are they trying to convince me of their, their ideas? Gotcha. JC Derek, very helpful, very helpful. So my question was uh, how to be a good consumer of news. And those were seven warnings. And I hope you come back another time and give me, you know. Seven recommendations. Seven recommendations. I happen to have them. <laughs> you happen to have that. And uh, that'll help me consider unpack this. And look, 
we, we need to not be anti-media people. We need to be pro-media people. Absolutely. We just need to like help hold people more accountable, ask good questions, and have healthy conversations. And that could be the topic of a whole nother conversation about why is the media important? I mean, it is critical to the future of, you know, to the fabric of our society. So I think it's really important that we get this right, both from a media perspective, which I'm trying to do something about my my career, but also from, from a consumer perspective. Gotcha. All right, JC Derek, thanks for being a guest here on the Crossman Conversation. And as always, support your local HBCU. This has been Crossman Conversation, produced by a Crossman Career Builders Mark Radio Production.